Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Aiken. All right, if you have your Bible, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, and I, I said that I was going to finish at least a word, a, a part of the verse that we had looked at about the young men. If you look there in Titus chapter 2, and um, I think it's just an important thing. Tonight will be more about teaching. I have about uh, 30 verses here in front of me. And uh, we won't look at all of those, but I'll read some of them to you. And, uh, but if you look there in Titus chapter 2, and speaking about the young men, the Bible says of them particularly, verse number 5, excuse me, verse 6, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. And then he says in verse 8, sound speech that cannot be condemned. Um, sound speech. And I didn't really deal with that in, in very much detail. But the Bible, the Bible places a high value on the words that you use and the words that you say. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what's down inside of my heart, sooner or later will come out of my mouth. That's why if you'll listen closely and you'll listen long enough, you'll find out <coughs> what somebody is down on the inside. And many times what is presented may not be the same thing on the inside because what's in the heart finally comes up out of the mouth. Now, <coughs> what does it mean, sound speech? Sound speech. I would say this. Anytime that you speak the Word of God, you're speaking sound speech. Would you say amen to that? All right. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I think we ought to live by principle. I think when we discuss things on a principle level, then we ought to discuss what the Bible says about it. Now, everybody has an opinion, and it's not wrong to have an opinion. It's not wrong for you to believe something. It's not wrong for you to have a different standard or maybe a conviction than somebody else. And there are a lot of opinions about many things. But when you get right down to it, you should base your life on the principles that are in the Bible. That is a sound place. You remember the parable that he spoke about the man that built his house on the sand and the other one that built his house on the rock? Well, you need to build your life on the rock. So I think sound speech would definitely be speaking the Word of God. Now, you know one of the ways you can help speak the Word of God? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You put that word down in your heart. Um, I, I appreciate what we've got going on right now with this uh, scripture memory and, and uh, this competition and putting the Word of God down in our young people's heart. But I don't think scripture memory is just for young people. I think older people ought to memorize it as well. You put the Word of God in your heart. And then I think this, that whenever you speak the gospel, you're speaking sound words. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Listen, there's a lot of things people talk about. But when you talk about Jesus, you're talking about something that has to do with eternity. And you're also talking about a subject that the world doesn't enjoy, but they need to hear about. I'll tell you right now, the world needs to hear more about Jesus and less about President Biden. That's right. world needs to hear more about Jesus and less about former President Trump. Because people get caught up in personalities and all of those things and what they can do for our country or what they did to our country. I'll tell you what, neither one of those men or anybody else can do for you what Jesus Christ can do for you. 
And the broken families in our country, whether it's education or whatever else you want to say, what they really need, and listen, what they need is Jesus. Jesus can change a life that nobody else can. So I think every time you speak about the gospel and you speak about Christ and you speak about eternity, then I think you're speaking sound speech. But I don't believe that's what the aim is here in verse number 8. I don't believe the idea is, okay, you young men, make sure you're always speaking the Word of God. Make sure you're always speaking about Jesus in eternity. I think, I, think it's, I think it's a little more practical than that. Because the Bible says that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part, you see that, may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. So somebody that's on the other side of the aisle is listening. And so here's what I'd say. I, I would say there's probably at least a handful of things I want to address tonight when it comes to sound speech that I believe we all ought to make as goals and principles for when we open our mouth. How many of you think we probably talk too much? Now, you know that's changing? You know, it's changing now to where people don't talk, they text and they tweet and uh, they email and they do all kinds of things. They post um, and, and, you know, it's still a manner of communication. But, but what I'd say is this. I, the Bible speaks much about that. Um, um, Dr. Seitler was somebody that I, I definitely had great admiration for. And yet he didn't really say a whole lot outside of the pulpit. I remember wanting to try to speak with him one day. And I went in because of my connection to the family. And I thought that I'd be able to have a conversation with him. He called me by my name and I came in and I sat down at his desk and he said, Joel, good to see you. Come on in, sit down. So I sat down and, and I thought, well, how can I get conversation started with Dr. Seitler? So I said, Dr. Seitler, I, I heard that our church started with an eight week prayer meeting. Is that right? And he said something to that affirmation. He may have corrected a little bit, but he said, that's right. And I said, I'd love to hear about that. And he said, well, I wrote about it in my book on the church. You can buy the book and read all about it. <laughs> I didn't say anything else. I just said, thank you. Got up, walked out. <laughs> no conversation. Now you could say, well, he didn't have a, that kind of personality. I'll tell you what he believed. He believed that in the multitudes of words, there wanteth not sin. Now that's unusual for a man that spent his life speaking. Every week speaking all over the country. And I think the idea is not necessarily that you don't say anything. I think what the, the Bible would say is that you need to think about what you say. In fact, go if you would with me now to Proverbs 29. I think I'll look at that for just a moment. Go to Proverbs 29, just a moment. Actually, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Proverbs 29, that'll be good. Proverbs 29 and if you look at the Bible, it says in verse number 11, Proverbs 29, 11, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in until afterwards. In other words, a fool is going to say whatever comes to his mind, he's going to say whatever he thinks about, he's not going to think before he speaks He's just going to speak. He's going to utter all of his mind. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5, 2, be not rash with thy mouth. Saying things maybe in an angry state that you really don't mean. Do you know, I think it is, it is foolish, really. When you get right down to it, when people are angry, 
there is no real conversation that's being had. It's just reaction to somebody else. Be not rash with thy mouth. But the Bible says, don't let thy heart be hasty and let thy words be few. James chapter 1 verse 19. Can you help me with that? The Bible says that we're to be swift to hear and slow to speak. And I think the idea is that what I need to do is I need to think about what it is that I'm saying. My speech should be thoughtful speech. Psalm 39, 1, I will keep my mouth with a bridle. How many of you ever, how many of you ever been on a horse before and had a bridle in, in your hand or at least the reins in your hand? Saw that bridle in his mouth. But I, I remember the first time that I tried to put that bridle, that bit into that horse's mouth and he didn't want it there. And, uh, and I don't blame him. I mean, most of us, if you had a piece of metal put in your mouth, you wouldn't appreciate it either. And he, you know, but it was in his mouth because it took and put pressure on his lips and it made that horse controllable. Well, David says, I'm going to bridle my mouth. I'm going to put a bridle on it that I sin not with my tongue. And I believe what happens is so many times we say something in reaction without ever thinking about what we say. And when you say something reacting, you may not say something sound. You may say something that's foolish. You know, I think somebody said it would be better to not say anything than to speak your mind and everybody know that you're foolish in what you believe. And all I'm just saying is that you and I, we, our response, the way you respond in saying the first thing. Now, I think what helps with that is this. How many of you think we ought to be filled with the Spirit of God? If you're filled with the Spirit of God, I'm not saying you cannot speak impromptu. I'm not saying you can't speak in a moment. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. What I'm saying is this, that you ought to think about what you say before you say it. I would go a step further. Before you send that email, think about what you just wrote. Before you send that text, think about what you just put in that text. And if you send it out without thinking, if you send it out without thinking, then your speech may not be sound. And really, I, I remember a guy telling me, a, a, a pastor, he said, listen, the Lord gave us two ears and one mouth. That's, then here's why. We, we ought to listen twice as much as we speak. Because if you'll think about what you're saying, it'll help you say the right thing. Now, I'm just curious. How many have ever said something foolish in haste? Have you? Have you? Well, the, if you want to say something sound speech, then you need to take and you need to think about what you say. You need to think about it. Secondly, secondly tonight, take a look if you would at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. Sound speech. So I need to think about what I'm saying. You know, I think watching TV has made so many people amusement. Amused. No thinking. Just don't think about it. Just kind of kick it out of gear. And, and there's a lot of people just talk and just ramble on and say things they shouldn't, shouldn't be saying at all. Colossians chapter 3. Look, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, the Bible speaking about how you and I ought to speak to one another. The Bible says in verse number, excuse me, chapter 4, verse number 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. In other words, God says that you and I should have gracious speech. That, that you and I speak graciously. Let me give you some other verses that go along with that. The Bible says the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. Ecclesiastes 10, 12. Jesus Christ, John chapter 1, verse 14, was full of grace and truth. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 22, the Bible says they wondered at his gracious speech. 
I think that our speech ought to be with grace. I think that we ought, to, we ought to be respectful if you would, but there ought to be a measure of grace in what we're saying and then salt. You can speak the truth, but you can say it graciously. And maybe I ought to say it this way. I don't think you ought to be abrasive and condescending when you're speaking the truth. Say that again. Just because a man gets in a pulpit and can make people mad by saying something condescending or abrasive doesn't mean that he's saying the right thing. I think you ought to be careful about your tone. When I say we, I, me, careful about your tone. I think y'all be careful. Your facial expressions. Many times say something. Have you ever talked to somebody and have them roll their eyes at you? You ever had that happen? What does that do to you on the inside? That just makes you say, oh, I, I really need to listen to these people. Makes me want to put my finger in my ears. I don't hear what you got to say. Gracious words. You ought to be able to speak to people with gracious words. There are people that are wrong, that, that are in the wrong place, and we ought to speak with, seasoned with salt, but our speech should always be with grace. I don't think for one minute I ought to go to the White House and be condescending and tell anybody how ignorant they are and how stupid they are and use all kinds of words that don't understand the position where I'm standing in front of. I ought to use gracious speech. I think you ought to be gracious with your children. I think you ought to be gracious with your spouse. I think you ought to be gracious with one another. Your speech ought to be seasoned with grace. That doesn't mean you can't speak the truth. That just means that you speak the truth with grace, how many, of you, how many of you think that there are probably some people out there that maybe have a better opinion than you do about something? You think there's any? How many of you think there's somebody out there that might know a little more than you know? You know, you probably ought to be gracious because one day you're going to need that same kind of grace. And all I'm just saying is gracious speech, not abrasive, not harsh, not condescending. That doesn't mean you can't speak strongly, but you ought to be gracious in your speech. And then Colossians chapter 3, look what it says there in verse number 8. Here's another kind of speech that you and I ought to have. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Colossians 3.8 says we ought to have wholesome speech. And what I mean by that, Proverbs 15.4 says that a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Your words produce something in other people's hearts and minds. For that reason, I think that you need to be careful with what you say, that there shouldn't be any filthy communication that comes out of your mouth. Let me read you some other verses. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4 says that we're to put away filthiness and foolish jesting. The Bible says in 2 Peter 2, 7, that Lot was vexed with a filthy conversation of the wicked. Listen, there's some music. You young people, you listen to me like, there's some music you ought not to listen to because the filthiness gets in your mind and it affects your heart. I don't need to listen to that kind of language. But it's not just young people. There's filthiness that comes across that television by way of movies and shows that if you let it in, it affects your heart. It's like somebody taking dirt and rubbing it on your soul. The Bible says I shouldn't be given to that filthy communication. I really don't think that a Christian ought to be somebody that speaks with crude speech. Now, come on. How many of you think we ought not to curse? Shouldn't curse. Curse words shouldn't come out of your mouth. 
There ought to be something different on the inside of you that says, I'm not going to speak with that kind of language. You may have spoke filthy before you got saved, but you ought to have a different tongue after you've been born again. That's right. But I don't think it's just cursing. I don't think you ought to speak crudely. You know, I think some people think it's so funny to say something crude and make other people laugh. There are words that I never use from the pulpit because I don't think you ought to speak crudely. I don't think you ought to speak crudely in front of a woman or children. I think what you ought to do, you ought to have wholesome speech. I don't think you ought to carry gossip about somebody else. The Bible speaks about somebody that's idle, that they're, that, that they're given to that very thing. They're tattlers. And I don't think that you ought to be filled with false accusations. It, listen, if you don't know something is true, you ought not to repeat it. I'm going to say it again. If you, don't know something, if you don't know something is true, you ought not to repeat it. You ought not to be engaged in false accusation. You ought not to be engaged in slander. You and I as Christians should have wholesome words. I shouldn't be in the business of tearing people down. I ought to be in the business of building people up. And what I'm saying is when when I say wholesome speech, I know that our society, come on, our society is so filthy mouthed. They don't think anything about it. But I think you and I ought to think about it. I think we ought to speak wholesome words. I think you ought to be able to speak words that you're not ashamed of your children to repeat. I'll tell this on my brother. He'll be mad at me, but it's all right. He was driving one day and his little boy, Benjamin at the time, little bitty fellow, maybe four or five years of age. And my brother drives like I do. I don't know where we got it from. Maybe we got it from dad, mom. I don't know, but he drives aggressively and he was driving aggressively and and somebody pulled out in front of him and he said, well, you stupid woman. And he just kept on driving down through there. And pretty soon they pulled up next to somebody else and there's little Benjamin. He says, you stupid woman. And oh my goodness. I would be embarrassed as a parent if my three and four year old were repeating curse words that they didn't understand. Either I have not done a good job in monitoring what comes across the media to them or somebody's being put in front of them that's using the wrong kind of speech. And, hey, Dad, you ought not be up. It's not cute if your child curses when they're little anymore to be cute if your child drank a beer uh, out of a bottle. Listen, I'm telling you, we ought to have the right kind of speech around our children. Wholesome speech. I think that's what the, the point is with these young men. Wholesome speech. You young men shouldn't be talking filthy about uh, the opposite gender. Shouldn't do that. You young ladies, the same way. There shouldn't be filthy words coming out of your mouth. You and I, we ought to speak wholesome. We ought to have a purity about our speech. We ought to have speech that's wholesome. We ought to have speech that's gracious. Then look at verse number nine, Colossians chapter three. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. How many think we ought to have honest speech? Come on, don't you think we ought to speak honestly? The Bible says so much about that. The Bible, speaking about honest speech, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.25 that we're to put away lying and to speak truth with our neighbor. In Ephesians 4.15, we're supposed to speak the truth in love. Proverbs 8.7 says, my mouth shall speak the truth. Come on, we ought to speak the truth. Our speech should be honest speech. What frustrates me that comes across the news is how people are not honest in what they say. I don't think that you ought to spin the truth. I think you ought to speak the truth. I don't think you ought to manipulate the truth. 
I think you ought to speak the truth. Now, that doesn't mean I have to say everything that I know, but when you're speaking, you ought to say what's true. You ought not to say something that's false. Listen, not one of us in, listen, and let me just say this. Not one of us in here can say you've never told a lie. Come on now, y'all, all of a sudden I just lost part of you. Don't look angelic. Not one of you in here has never told a lie. I was working right here with Dan Eshelman, not in the church, but in Greenville. And I was trying to be a witness to a lady. And she told me, when I asked her, I said, have you ever sinned? Because the Bible says all sin comes short of the glory of God. And she said, I've never sinned. And I said, oh, yes, you have. And she said, no, I hadn't. I said, well, sure you have. You've told a lie, haven't you? She said, I never lied. I said, if you've never lied, that's the first one right there. And I told her she was a liar. <laughs> we can act like we've never lied, but you know, you know what you ought to do as a Christian? You ought to strive not to lie. I, I told some boys today in, in my office in having mentoring that if a policeman pulls me over, and, and, and that hasn't happened in a while, <laughs> but if he does and he asks me, do you know how fast you're going? If I know, I tell him yes. And then if he asks me how fast, I tell him how fast. If I don't know, I say, I absolutely have no idea how fast I'm going. I'm not going to lie about it. You, you ought not to lie for any reason. You ought to be honest in your speech. You ought to be honest in your speech even when it hurts you, even when it costs you something. Aren't you glad we had a Savior that was honest in his speech? Come on, aren't you glad we have a Savior that was gracious with his speech? All right, I'm glad that I had that kind of say. And you and I, we ought to have, we, that ought to be something that we do. We ought to determine I am going to be honest when I open my mouth. I'm not going to be part of the devil's family because the Bible says that Satan is the father of all lies. He's a liar from the beginning. He, listen, he, he lied there in the garden. He told Eve, thou shalt not surely die. That was a lie. All right, so you and I, we ought to be honest in our speech. In what we say, we ought to be honest. And what we have to say, not only honest, not only wholesome, not only gracious, thoughtful, but the last one we'll look at, go if you would to Ephesians chapter 6. Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. There is a phrase here that is repeated many times in the scriptures. You find it in the gospels multiple times. You find it in the Old Testament multiple times. If you look at it, the Bible says in verse 1 of Ephesians 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So a child should obey their parents. But look at the next phrase. Verse 2, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That's, that's Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. The Bible says that we're to honor our father and our mother. That doesn't mean that our mother and father are honorable. And it doesn't mean that they're always right. But what that does mean is, is that's a person that God put in a position over me. That's the person that brought me into this world. And because of that position, there should be honor on my part in speaking to them. Come on. How many of you parents would admit to this? How many of you parents would admit sometimes you're just wrong? You're wrong. All right? That means your children have to live with you being wrong. All right? Your, your spouse, your, your husband, your wife, they have to live with you being wrong. Well, if you're wrong and somebody takes and rebukes you for that, that's very different than honoring somebody. The Bible goes on to say this. Let me just, Leviticus 19.32 says we're to rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man. 
You ought to speak honorably to all these folks that are gray-headed. That's right. I think that you ought to honor them. In school, now I don't know this happens in every class, but I know it happens in some classes. And we even have people in our church that do it to me. I feel so embarrassed when they do. But there are people that stand up. We have some classes when somebody walks into the class that's a guest. The kids got get up from their, they get up from their seats and they stand up. I can hear somebody saying that's old-fashioned. Well, it'd probably be a whole lot better than burning down buildings and throwing rocks through glass and breaking in and stealing stuff and going out and selling it. Right, just trying to teach them some respect, some honor. All right. Uh, honor. All right. The Bible says you're to honor that old man. You're to honor him because he's got experience. He's got time. He's put in some time and I should honor that. I, I feel like the Bible's same thing when it says honor the, all men, honor the king in first Peter chapter two. Now I know there are people and I'm not one of them and ever have, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that person. I, I'm, I'm not going to get up here and make fun of Barack Obama. Because he's the president, was the president of the United States. I'm not, you've not heard me say things about Joe Biden. I can disagree with policy and I can say, I can speak the truth, but I'm not going to throw rocks at the president of the United States. You say, why not? Because if I throw rocks at the president of the United States, my kids can throw rocks at the president of the United States. It's the same thing that happens when a wife, if a wife doesn't honor her husband, you know what that gives the children liberty to do? To dishonor their daddy as well. If a man doesn't honor his wife, you know what that gives children the opportunity to do? Dishonor their mother as well. We don't want to teach them that. I, I, I don't think that we ought to be dishonorable. We ought to recognize the place that God has allowed somebody to take. That's why I, I, I'm going to honor Dr. Aiken until he leaves this world, and then I'm going to honor him after that. You say, why? Because of the place that he held here at Tabernacle. I appreciate his service here. I, I'm, not, I'm going to listen to him. In fact, I spent, I don't know how long we spent in the office the other day, probably a couple of hours. He didn't charge me a dime. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I just asked him question after question after question, and I listened. Now, that doesn't mean that I have to do everything that he suggested. I had a lady in our church. I hope she's not listening tonight. In Alabama, her name was Gladys Miller. Reminds me so much of Betty Davenport. They, they like two peas in a pod, and she would have always suggestions, well, you know, what we ought to do at homecoming, when we ought to start the service time, whether or not we ought to have dinner on the grounds, and how many times I ought to travel away when I preach. And boy, one day she stopped me and she said, Preacher, you don't ever listen to me. I said, Miss Gladys, I always listen to you. She said, no, you don't, because you don't ever do what I tell you to do. I said, now wait, Miss Miller. And then I began to remind her, you remember when you told me about this and I did that? She said, yeah. And I said, you remember when I told you about, you told me about this and suggest this and I did that? She said, yes, I do. I said, well, then I do listen to you and sometimes I do what you tell me to do. <laughs> and then she said, yeah, but you don't always. <laughs> and we had a good time. But she honored me. She, I'm just, listen, honoring and obeying Ephesians 6, 1 and 2 are different. You know, if you're, if you're underneath the authority of somebody that asks you to do something against Scripture, you're not obligated to follow that. But you don't have to dishonor them because of the place that they hold. I think our speech ought to be honorable. And I know it would be easy for this crowd to get you to say amen, but don't you think it's right to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir? No, ma'am, and no, sir. Don't you think it's right to say thank you and you're welcome? Those are just words that show honor. You know, we don't have that going on in our country anymore. It's just people screaming loud at one another and the division's just getting deeper and deeper. You know why? Because a wholesome tongue 
A wholesome tongue is going to bring life, but there's power of death and life in that tongue. That speech can cause irreparable damage. You, you can destroy a person's life with your words. You can divide a home. You can divide a church. You, listen, you can bring all kind of horrible results if your speech is not right. That's why you need to think about what you say. Thoughtful speech, gracious speech. You can believe different things and still be gracious to one another. Come on, don't you think the people on the Easley Bridge roadside ought to be gracious to the folks on the White Horse roadside? You sit in different places, you can still be gracious. Your speech ought to be honorable. Your speech ought to be honest. You and I ought to speak honestly. And I believe that's what is being aimed at in Titus 2. As a young man, as a young man, don't listen. Don't let the world shape your tongue and speech to be like them. Anybody can curse. But it takes somebody that's got character to avoid saying things when they get angry and upset and to speak honorably. Anybody can talk derogatorily about people in authority. It, I, I'm telling you, it galls me what we're talking. Listen, it, it is, it, people are receiving exactly what they sowed. You have communities where there's rampant crime. And, and every time I read about some, some congressperson that came out that we ought to defund the police that got carjacked or had their car stolen, I think you got exactly what you deserve. We ought not to talk derogatorily to people that wear a uniform. They're not pigs and they're not anything else. We ought to speak honorably to those people. Anybody can say something filthy. We ought to say something wholesome. Amen. Boy, of all people in the world, wholesome things ought to come out of the mouth of somebody that can lift their hand and say, boy, I praise, praise God and the Lamb forever. Shouldn't be two kinds of speech coming out of your mouth. So he's telling those young men, sound speech sound speech that cannot be condemned. That's the way I want to talk. How about you? I want to have that kind of mouth, that kind of speech to where it can't be condemned. Amen. All right, any questions? Wow. I'm surprised. I figured somebody would raise their hand and say, Preacher, is it all right to say ain't? It ain't ever right to say ain't. <laughs> all right, stand to your feet if you would, please. Something we can put into our life and practice, sound speech. Lord, we thank you for the day we've had today. And Lord, as we think about what you gave to our children and to this church by the hand of another, we say thank you tonight. Say thank you, Lord, for the direction you provide. Thank you, Lord, for the examples that you filled this church with. Thank you, Lord, that you can give us something to speak about that's good and honorable and just and right. And I pray, God, you'd help our young men, our young women. You'd help our, our young adults, Lord. You'd help our young couples not to fall into the trap of this world and have such crude and vile speech. But rather, Lord, we would be identified as somebody that speaks soundly. And uh, we want to be able to do that to honor you, Lord. Again, we thank you for the night. And we ask your blessings on her as we go home. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. God bless you. You're dismissed.